You're listening to the P is for Profit podcast with Adam Lean, where it's not about how much you make, it's about how much you keep and how much freedom you enjoy. Welcome to P is for Profit, a podcast that breaks down business concepts into simple and clear language. This season is dedicated to interviewing e-commerce experts that can help you improve your e-commerce business. I recently had the pleasure of interviewing the founder of a search engine optimization company, also known as SEO. So Meg Clark started ClappingDogMedia.com, and she helps businesses get found online. So why does this matter? When someone searches in Google or Bing for something related to your business, you naturally want your website to appear in the top of the page so that people click on it. So how do you get to the top? Well, you have to optimize your website for Google and Bing. That's what a search engine optimization company does. So let's jump into the interview with Meg and learn how she does it. Hello, business owners. In this episode, we will be talking about how to get found online. This is, of course, a very popular topic as there are an estimated 270,000 e-commerce stores in the United States. Think about it. 270,000 actual websites that are all trying to get found online. So today I'm joined by Meg Clark, the owner of ClappingDogMedia.com. They're an SEO company whose mission is to do just that, help businesses get found online. And we're going to find out how you could do it and how to prove, improve your chances of getting found online. Meg, welcome to the show. Wonderful. Hey, Adam, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you today. Yeah. So this is obviously a, a very important topic because we're we're you know we we own e-commerce businesses. We're all trying to get found online and compete not only with our direct competitors, but also with the Amazons and the Walmart.coms of the world. So uh, let me ask you this: What led you to starting an SEO company? Mm, that's a great question. Well, I started out my career as a designer. I was a graphic designer and a web designer, and I worked in agencies for a while, and then. After having kids, I started, I spun up my own freelance business and was really helping creative business owners, creative shop owners build websites. And um, it, uh, it worked out great. It was my first step into this. And soon after starting, I ran into the same problem, website after website after website. I would be approached by a really awesome business owner who had a really great product. I would, in turn, design a really beautiful and functional website for them. And they ended up not much different than when we started. They had a website, but they had no traffic. And I was under the illusion, as my clients were, if you just build a beautiful functioning website for your awesome products, then people will just naturally attract to you. And But like what you said a little bit earlier, there are so many websites. There are 4 billion Google searches a day. It's really easy to get lost in the noise. And I soon discovered that I really needed, there really needs to be a way to cut through that noise when you are a business owner and be found by Google. And so it it was only three or four freelance websites in that I realized I really needed to, if I was going to make an impact, on people's lives and in their businesses, I needed to help them get traffic. Yeah, and so that's that kind makes of how I started. 
That makes complete sense. So let me ask you this, you know, SEO, search engine optimization mm-hmm. is one of the, uh, you know, one of the key ways and obviously the way you focus on to get traffic to your website. Can you explain what SEO is? Because, uh, you know, we were chatting before the, the interview and, you know, you said that SEO feels intimidating to a lot of people and I have to agree. I work with a lot of business owners and it just seems very, it just seems like SEO is something they know they have to do, but they're not really sure exactly what happens behind the scenes. So what exactly Exactly. is SEO and how does it work? Yeah. And I appreciate you asking because SEO feels like snake oil and most people (laughs) have a, this horrible story where they, spent a lot of money and they were totally wooed thinking that they were going to be ranking number one in three weeks. And so they give somebody about millions of dollars and it turns out it didn't work. Well, SEO really is, is a deep, it's, an, it's a layer of your marketing and it's an understanding of how Google sees your website. And I say Google, but it's, it's very similar for other web, web search engines like Bing, Yahoo, YouTube, even Pinterest. Um, but it's understanding how they view your site and the metrics that matter to them. And once you understand the metrics that make a big difference in value for Google, then you can customize or optimize your website to fit that. And um, sometimes it's as easy as updating and fixing your titles and your headlines and your product descriptions. And sometimes it's a little bit more in depth um, where we have to update and update and fix your site map. But really it's, uh, it's just understanding how Google reads you and then how you can be found for what you want to be known for and just the, the tricks on your site that you can do to be found. So what are some of the main metrics that matter to Google today? Google is a business, and I think it's important to understand that and that they are competing against some other major search engines, especially in the e-commerce world. They're competing against Amazon and eBay and Walmart and all of those, all of these major heavy hitters. And what Google wants to do is to provide the best answer for any given search result. So the way they do that is they use a measurement that they call the EAT factor, E-A-T. It stands for expertise, authority, and trust. And they're legitimately trying to understand if your website, if you are producing products and content as an expert, if you have authority, if other people look to, look to you as an expert, and if you are trustworthy, um, you know, if you've been around for a while, if other people have linked to you or reviewed your products, those are things that, that help you build trust with Google. And so the eat factor is, is it's kind of a touchy feely factor or ranking factor that Google cares about. And so to put that in, you know, to, to put that in practical terms, what you can do is help people spend more time on your website. And this is something that I call, that's called dwell time. And from Google's perspective, if users are spending, you know, 50 seconds to two or three minutes on your website, then you must be providing valuable content 
that is enriching to the, to the user. Another factor that they care about is pages per session. And this is very similar to dwell time. From Google's perspective, if a user is clicking around and reading multiple blog posts, looking at multiple products, reading multiple pages, then they must like what they're seeing. And so that those are two clear signs to Google that you have a good website, you're producing high quality content, and you're providing value to users. So Google looks at that as high eat factors. So if you, if you can get people to hang out on your site, click on more pages, and just become a raving fan on your site, that is, those are literally the metrics that matter for Google. Hmm. Okay. So, I mean, it, you know, I preach that you have to break your business down into measurable, you know, mm-hmm. systems, if you will. And so, this, I mean, this is a, a great example of something that business owners can do to measure whether or not their SEO is going right or going wrong. So measure Absolutely. the dwell time, the, mon- the, 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 the time on the site, the pages per session. Um, and so the, those two cover you know, the, the expertise, authority, and traffic, uh, how, is there anything else that, that business owners can do to, to know whether or not their SEO is not performing as, as high as it should be? Yeah, well, you know, when I, when you're, when I just first get a new client or am talking to a client, and one way that I measure their, the health of their site, their SEO health, if you will, is to Google them. I Google the name of their store, the name of the owner, um, and what they want to be known for. So, for example, if it's a, um, a raw, raw cut jewelry store, you know, somebody who makes homemade jewelry, then I will, then I'll search for that handmade jewelry, raw cut stones, raw cut emeralds, for example, and I see where people match up. You know, Google is um, Google is a really great resource to figure out how how healthy you are. Now, oftentimes clients come to me, and I will I, I begin working on their site, and I I really kind of dig in to how people are finding them, what search terms they're using, and the search terms that Google is actually ranking them for or assigning to them. And this is always a really interesting exercise because a lot of times what clients think that they're known for or think that people are looking for them doesn't often match up. So sometimes when I, get, when, I, when I do a little digging and I figure out the keywords that they are ranking for and that people are using, um, oftentimes it's their expertise. It's kind of what they do or how they solve problems. But it's, it's not always their brand name and the owner's name and some specifics about the brand. And then there's other times that I, I go in and I do my research and it's just the opposite. People are known for their name, but they're not known for what they do. Mm. So to, to fully answer your question, there's a lot of things that you can do to measure the health of your site. You can Google yourself and see if you're, see how you're found. Then you can also go into, um, you can go to my website. I have a, I have a great free audit tool that looks at several factors of your SEO health and gives you a, a letter score. So you can get an A for this and maybe a B for this or a D for that. And that's another really excellent way to 
get a get a quick understanding of how Googleable or findable your site is. Googleable, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> is that yeah. audit tool on clappingdogmedia.com? It sure is. It's right on the homepage. You okay. literally just enter your email and your website, and I send you this pretty in-depth PDF immediately of the health of your website. So that's one way that I really like to um, that 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 you can measure that you can see how you're doing. Um, yeah, that's just a great way to see to kind of get a okay. good grade to see how you're doing. Yeah, and we'll we'll include that in the show notes as well because uh, it's super important. So compare SEO to mm-hmm. paid ads. Wonderful question. So paid ads for um, is where you pay Google or you pay Facebook to be on top of the search results page. And they're great. Um, they work. If you give Google money, they will reward you with being in the oftentimes the top um, one, two, or three spots on the Google search results page. So it works. You give the money, they put you on page one. However, um, it, there have been thousands and thousands of reviews, and there was just one, I think it was by Search Engine Journal, who discovered they they watched the behavior of users, web users, and most people scroll past the ads. People, we're all kind of conditioned to think that the first couple of results on the results page are ads or sponsored pages, and so people tend to scroll past them. So with paid ads, you pay money and Google will put you on top for several of the keywords that you want to be found for. Now, in contrast that with organic search, organic search is not nearly as quick and there's no one you can pay less of money to to be on page one. Um, But it is the building of trust with Google. It's writing content that is that is highly valuable and and produces um, it, it makes people want to hang out with you and become part of your community and tribe. And I said write content, but it doesn't necessarily have to be written words. It can be videos or audio files or podcasts. It's just if you continually speak about who you are, why you provide value, and how you are the best at solving X problem, then and people respond to that, they come to your site, they buy your products, they click around, they eat less, they read lots of your pages, and then they really become a fan of you. That is organic search. That makes complete sense. Uh, and you know, you would think that Google would want people to. I mean, obviously, Google wants people to click on their ads, and you you think mm-hmm. they wouldn't they wouldn't want um, to make them you know as obvious that they are ads. But if you think about it. Google wants the organic searches to be of high quality so that more people trust Google so that more people will continue going to Google, using Google and clicking on those ads. <laughs> that is exactly, you know, that is exactly right. And, you know, they, within the last, I think it was like last August was the beginning of three called core algorithm updates that Google made. And these are the things that people get scared of because they think, oh, I finally figured it out and then Google made an algorithm change and everything has just gone to pot. And that really isn't true if you are producing, if you have a high quality website that's that's providing value to your users. But what 
started last August, and then there was another update in May, in March, rather, of 2019, and one just a few months ago in June of 2019. And Google is really calling these quality updates. And they had found that there were people out there. Um, one example that Google spot that Google specifically said was a kind of a celebrity health guru. His name is Dr. Axe. And he produced his website produced a ton of content. I'm talking three to four articles a day about all sorts of health things. Like you could Google anything from gut health to your eye hurts or your hair is falling out. And Dr. Axe had an article or two on it. Well, what Google discovered was that the information that this particular person wrote on, and this is not my view, I don't really know, to be honest, was that they were just, Google was upset that Dr. Axe was outranking some of these, some of these other really high quality medical journals. So Dr. Axe was higher on the search results than say WebMD or Healthline or some of these others very established medically based websites. So to, to back up a little bit, last, Mar last August, then March and then June, Google's really been trying to figure out their algorithm so that people like WebMD can be number one. They want to be um, they want to be known as a excellent search result. And when you go and you Google, whether you're on your phone or on your desktop, that you really get trustworthy, valuable answers back that the user doesn't have to skim through. Google wants to have done that skimming through for you and make sure that the answer that you are, that they're giving to the searcher is a really accurate and valuable response. So I guess to answer your question that you asked 10 minutes ago is yes, Google ha is putting a ton of time, effort, and energy to understand the Google search results so that people, people use that as their default. And they go to Google before they go to some of these other places that we had mentioned in the past. What are some low-hanging fruit things that e-commerce stores, let's say an e-commerce store that has 50 products on their site, what are some low-hanging fruit things that they can put into place, say, you know, this week to, Absolutely. to, be, to increase their chances of being found online? Um, well... When Google comes to your site, they send these things called robots or bots or spiders or crawlers. It's all the same thing. It's a little um, robot that re literally reads your site. It looks through the content of every single page. And the way they read your site or they read a page is in a very similar way as humans read newspapers. They start at the top and they scan the title and the headline. And so think about it. When you read a newspaper, you read the things that are, that are big, black, and bold. And then if that is, that the title piques your interest, then you can go back up and finish and read the entire article at length. And so what e-commerce sites can do today is to go look at the titles of your pages, the titles of your products, and Within your blog post or your product description page, do you have anything that that it stands out? Do you have headlines in there that make it easy for users and robots 
to quickly scan and get an understanding of what that page or product is all about. So I recommend going through looking at your titles and ensuring that they are filled with keywords that describe exactly what that product is so that Google can read that and match that up clearly to somebody who is searching for it. I don't like kind of vague, quippy headlines or titles like, and then this happened, or this is the best ever. Those were really popular a couple of years ago, but they don't add any value to users because you don't know what the heck that thing is all about. So I vote ready. You can go in and write really clear titles and headlines, and that is the best thing that you can do to get started to be found. These robots that you're talking about that mm -hmm. crawl the website, has Google tried to make them as human-like as possible? Meaning, I mean, I know, you know, 15 years ago, you could keyword stuff and just put a bunch of text on a page, but that means nothing to a human. But mm -hmm. the robot sees just the, these keywords. And I know that's, that's obviously frowned upon now, but... As, you know, as Google tried to make this, so I guess my the the crux of my question is, um, I have a uh, I have a client that has an e-commerce site that, uh, that we're struggling with the, dis the the descriptions and the headlines on the product page. We're struggling. Uh, our you know the the SEO side of the company wants to keywords you know rich enrich them. <laughs> mm -hmm. The the merchandising side of the company wants to uh, make sure the descriptions are are better for shoppers. So who wins? Mm. Everybody wins. It's somehow a combination of the two of these. Is you like let's um, what kind? Can you tell me what kind of product this, this uh, website is? Yeah, they sell uh, bicycles. Ah, I love bikes. I just bought a new bike, <laughs> and it is my favorite thing. Oh, it's the funnest thing. I was so delighted. And I just got a new bell for it. Okay, so I love bikes. <laughs> uh, that got me really excited. Okay, so let's talk about bikes. So, hey, I, for example, was searching for a women's beach cruiser bike. So in my brain, literally, that's what I Googled. Best women's beach cruiser bike. Um, and I think that's really helpful for the SEO side of it, like the SEO side of the company. Now, the merchandisers who are speaking to the customers who are whose client isn't necessarily an SEO gal might be looking for, you know, the uh, most comfortable beach cruiser or one that's like vintage beach cruiser. Um, so it, so they're going to. Uh, try to speak to somebody who is looking for that i that ideal beach cruiser that's you know old and like vintage era. So I think both of them win. I think you have the ability to use words that describe the style or the feeling or the emotion that you want people to get when they find that bike as well as be really descriptive. So I love that the words like in both examples were beach cruisers. I like women's beach cruisers. I like vintage women's beach cruisers or comfortable um, beach cruisers. All of those things I think um, can balance both the merchandiser side and the SEO side. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, the key is is obviously you, you got to protect the the organic and protect the the Google what Google sees, mm-hmm. but you've also got to merchandise and make you know make sure that your conversion rates are higher. But it all feeds into what you were saying earlier. If the if the descriptions and the the copy on the website is of quality, then they're going to spend yeah. more time on the website, have more pages per session, which would help feed the the eat the expertise, authority, and traffic that you were mentioning earlier. Absolutely. And, you know, so let's let's take that, what you just said, like, let's, let's search for a vintage women's beach cruiser bike. And if the product description was meek and weak, and only maybe a sentence or two, then that doesn't give me as the user a really good, you know, 3D experience of what this bike is. So I really like when I when I found my bike and I um, when I I googled it I bought it online. My, the the website that I ended up going with was a, was a, a page a, a website that had great titles, really in depth product descriptions that said, you know, that really gave me an idea of what to expect. They had really great photographs that showed every angle, all the details that I would be interested in if I were if I were to really buy a, a, a bike and they also had reviews and I think reviews are really key for e-commerce sites. They're um, real words from other people who literally bought your bike. Oftentimes they posted photographs and all of those things together provided great words, great keywords, great experience. And it made me spend more time on the page. So if I get to a a page that maybe ranks really high for a vintage cruiser bike, but doesn't have all those things, doesn't include really good um, images and reviews and descriptions and maybe even a video, then I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that site. I'm going to probably bounce back to the search results page and see what other company I can come up with. So I hope that kind of illustrates how all of these things play into being found. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, you know, it, a lot of people try to, you know, separate SEO from pay-per-click versus email marketing versus, you know, social marketing. But if you think about it, I mean, it, and I'm sure you agree that SEO is sort of a holistic thing because you're looking at the entire website, which would improve the, the authority and the traffic and the, and the expertise that the website has which would only help your efforts if you have Google ads or Facebook or, you know, or social media marketing. I say, I have a couple of things that I say regarding this. I I say good business is good SEO. And then I really try to preach to people that SEO is simply a layer of your marketing. You can't say, okay, I'm going to spin up a new business. I need to get it SEO'd. Uh, no, SEO is a layer of your social. Like, let's talk about social for a little bit. I love social media, and I would argue that um, you make you can't have a, a a robust, findable web if you don't have a strong presence on social. Because social, pe- different people are on social, and you know, people different people are on Instagram and Facebook and and Twitter. And I love building communities in those places and, you know, talking about your value, giving tips, showing images, writing, showing reviews and customer stories, and also driving people back to your website. Because if Google sees that you're getting 
traffic from Google and from social sources, that again leads into your authority and your expertise. Because if people are leaving Instagram and drive and then going to your site, then you must have a really compelling message and product. Yeah, absolutely. Makes complete sense. And I love that. I'm so thankful that you said that because that is my, I'm on a one woman mission to (laughs) take away these negative connotations and these bad experiences where people think SEO is intimidating and like snake oil and to really break it down and say, actually, no, you can do this. And you're already doing it in so many different parts of your business. If you can look at it in a holistic way, then you can really make some strides and some differences for Google. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Meg, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, you know, SEO is such an important topic for e-commerce because it, you know, you know, bringing it back to how it affects your profitability. If you're not found, you're not going to have sales, <laughs> which That's is an right. obvious reason why it affects your profitability. But also, you know, you're, you know, every e-commerce store has marketing a marketing budget and uh you know you you know i preach that your marketing budget you have to ensure that you have a positive return on investment and and seo doing it the right way the way you're talking about is is a great way to have a positive return on your investment so that you can increase your profit margin so where can uh where can listeners find you well, my business is called Clapping Dog Media, and you can find me on the web at clappingdogmedia.com. I also spend a lot of time on Instagram, especially Instagram stories, and my handle is Clapping Dog Media. So you can find me there as well. I also do, um, not as often as I would like, I create videos on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel where I post simple SEO tips that people can go to spend five minutes, learn how to write a good meta description or headline, and then apply it to their business that day. Oh, excellent. Okay, perfect. Why, why clapping dog? <laughs> well, that's, I love dogs. And, um, I have a, <laughs> and my dog is, um, he's a golden doodle named Vader. Um, and he hangs out under my desk all the time. And so I get really excited oh. when things go really well. Like we get rankings or more traffic comes. And so I am enthusiastic and I clap a lot. And so Vader would come out <laughs> under my desk and wag his tail and get all excited with me. So um, I love it. You know, it's just, and then, you know, I'm like an entrepreneur. I work at home. I have my job. So it's just me and Vader in this, in my office. I have other people that work with me, but they're all virtual. So it's just my clapping dog. It's me and Vader wagging and clapping. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, thank Meg, you. thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It was a pleasure chatting with you today. The P is for Profit podcast is sponsored by the CFO Project. We help small business owners and entrepreneurs pocket bigger profits. If you're ready to discover the five changes required to boost your profits this quarter, you'll want to attend our latest presentation, Why Your Small Business Might Not Be As Profitable As It Should Be. Register at the CFOproject.com slash video.